1: Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. This is Jason.
0: Good morning.
1: And you're listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Jason you are a new pet parent yes yes welcome to the club how's it going so far
0: (laughs) you know I I I actually posted something the other day I kind of get why everybody enjoys I don't know anything about cats but I enjoy having a dog um I call her velcro dog because she kind of just for the most part goes wherever I'm at and isn't super hyper isn't super you know whatever but i swear to you every time you come home or do whatever it's like she's super pumped to see you right like the whole unconditional love thing and somebody being happy for you and whatever yeah um so i mean it's been you know it's been a week and a half it's a learning experience it is no joke like having a toddler again i mean my my you know for my wife especially you know our puppy lemon who's a shepherd rottweiler mix really pretty dog yeah she is 14 months Uh, Or I'm sorry, 14 weeks. So she's still, you know, relatively learning a lot of things. Yeah. Um, For the most part, we've gotten her in a pretty good group. We've been crate training, doing all that kind of stuff. She heads out to the garage gym with me at four in the morning. You know, we (laughs) go right out and do the bathroom thing. And so we've only had like, I'll call it one and a half accidents in the house, which I think is pretty good. Um, we have almost all tile in our house, which is great. So even if there is, it's not that big a deal. Um, and I think it's been really good for the kids. You know, she, my daughter's really learning how, you know, the dominance thing Yeah, because you know, she's the little one. So the pup wants to jump and she's, you know, she's strong, strong dog when you consider the breed. Yeah. Um, and it's just happy to see her, but learning how to do that, it's hard for a kid to kind of understand that. Um, I think my wife's enjoying it but also okay with it at the same time because it's another thing she has to take care of right yeah but uh but the, i mean the funny thing is what we're dealing with i had to take her to the vet the other day and i remember the first day i brought her home she like you know in a portable crate or whatever you know she peed and threw up or whatever because everybody says like she freaked out and you know it's just scared and whatever but on the way to the vet again she threw up so i know i'm dealing with a dog that has motion sickness mm-hmm. um and i hear that's young like a thing with young dogs like they kind of grow out of it it's kind of everybody's thing but I can't, man. I'm just like, it is not my thing, um, you know, and so I'm driving there. It's always right before I get somewhere. And so I'm just like, kind of like, stay back, like stay out of it. Don't step in it. Don't do, you know, yeah. you know, it's just it's a nightmare. I mean, obviously like they don't want to deal with it either. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's been, it's been very interesting and it's been a good experience so far, for, like I said, for the most part. And I guess we'll see. I mean, we're only a week and a half into it really, you know, almost yeah. two weeks.
1: Dogs are fun, uh, but you're gonna you're gonna run into some fun stories too because they uh, they can get into some situations. I don't know if you've seen like the pictures on the internet of dogs getting stung in the mouth with bee by bees because no. they just like put their mouth. They don't she, understand on everything. Yeah, she's
0: like she's eating like bark right now, like rocks, like all these kind of things. And I'm just like like she's so smart. Yeah, I know she's smart because of how she reacts to things. But I'm like, how dumb are you? Like, stop doing that. <laughs> no.
1: This morning, uh, my wife took our dog out and in our area, we have like a lot of ant activity mm-hmm. for whatever reason, like one inch wide trail of ants running down the so- sidewalk like that much. Yeah. and uh, And our dog goes right up and puts his face right in the trail of ants and he's a long haired dog so i he's spent sp- spent the morning combing ants out of his hair on his face <laughs> and legs so uh, you got you got that coming for you
0: yeah no it's been you know she she chases we get crickets at our house you know so we'll put the when she needs to like burn off some energy at night before we do we'll turn the lights on outside and then she'll just chase these things forever yeah, and it's been kind of cool though like my son you know we're hockey players obviously and so he'll put like a hockey ball she instead of like a tennis ball she likes these what are called like hockey balls it's mm-hmm. an outdoor roller hockey type deal and she likes those but he'll stick handle and it's like this whole thing where he's moving around and she's chasing him like if you were driving a basketball type of deal
1: yeah
0: and it's funny i mean it's it's making him better yeah because she's fast and uh but then it burns her out too and then all of a sudden you just see them stop and just be like <sighs> you know they're they're like done they're like i don't want to do this anymore like i don't want a dog anymore no more dog you know what i mean like that kind of thing so it's yeah i I know we got a lot coming but we'll keep you posted yeah
1: so uh i want to pick up where we left off we started to veer in our conversation on change odors and started to talk about the industry sort of producing a least viable product all the time and talking about how each area of the industry pushes back basically to, you know, maximize their, their profit by cutting costs somewhere. And I've always been frustrated with our industry in that way that from the very jump of design, you're, you're squeezing that as much as possible on the amount of time you can spend designing and thinking through things then you go into the uh, what's called value engineering, mm-hmm. where they're stripping pieces off and yep. uh, trying to bring the cost down, which is a whole other thing that's frustrating because it's done way late in the process, which yep. you're kind of, it kind of goes back to our change order and making changes and stripping things away. It yep. it's, uh, creates havoc on the design and potential areas where information is lost and mistakes are made going through that whole process right uh then you go into the builders hiring their contractors and they're squeezing that part and they then the contractors have to squeeze their their workers on their fees and get you know whoever is willing to do the cheapest so this is this domino effect of constantly cutting back and cutting back and cutting back how do you see that play from from your side of being on the field and you're coming in at sort of towards the end of it, yeah, so you get the there's a a a saying where the, the s, s- end. <laughs> the s the s rolls down the hill <laughs> or something yeah, like that
0: for sure um you know in in you know obviously with the two different trades, cabinets and flooring are both towards the back to your point. Mm-hmm. cabinets doesn't get hit as bad only because um there's a lot of other things that go along with it, right so
1: Well, do you see, I mean, continue to your point, but also do you see sort of poor framing that was done because they're, you know, the the cheapest person, that kind of stuff that affects your work?
0: So, I mean, like if, you know, I'm going to show you a really good example right now um, that we're dealing with a project in Northern California. Mm -hmm. There was multiple, we did cabinets up there, we're doing flooring or whatever. and, And long story short, the project, basically the owner got hit with fraud. Um, and then it got turned over to another GC. So we're dealing with that, that changeover as well. And, you know, when we're on site and we're getting ready to install these cabinets, obviously everybody has agreed on drawings and schematics and everything else. And we get into the house and, and the project had been delayed and delayed and delayed and delayed, right? Multiple times. And you've got walls and, and soffits and everything that are just horrendous. And, and the reason being is because they had paid a framer, to come do the work weren't keeping up on the payments so the framer kind of stopped doing his deal and then they kind of decided and they had the capability i'm going to throw up air quotes and say capability mm-hmm. they had the capability to do the framing in-house mm-hmm. well that framing in-house essentially was what kept them moving forward but the quality was just not good yeah just not good and and couple that with the fact that they also ended up having to do drywall in-house you have walls and soffits that didn't get planed right, that didn't get shimmed right. So it's like everything. Um, and just so people understand, when you put drywall on framing, you know it's it's uh, it was wood framing. So the studs sometimes are warped, twisted. So you plane them or you shave them down or add cardboard shims behind them before you put on the drywall. Mm-hmm. So you get a flat plumb wall or close to plumb. Mm-hmm. And um, so they're not at all. And <laughs> you know we're pointing, a lot of that. yeah, <laughs> and we're pointing these things out. And it's a hundred-unit multifamily podium, right? And we're pointing these things out as we're doing the install almost two years ago. And they're like, okay, well, we'll come back and we'll just refloat the soffits and we'll do this and that whatever, because you put a piece of straight crown on it. Right. And the straight crown flexes on the X-axis, but not the Y-axis. Right. So when you put it up against the soffit, you see the soffit (laughs) wiggling like crazy. So and we're like yeah you guys are going to have to do something cuz even if we cocked it it wouldn't which we normally would do but it just would look terrible so you know the owners like that's fine we'll come back we'll we'll float it we'll fix the walls we'll do this and that just keep going will come now to the new GC and the new owner. And they're like, Hey, you need you guys need to fix this. And I'm like, there's no way I can fix this. Like, this is what you inherited from your old owner. This is not a defect on the cabinet side. This is a, it's a straight piece of product. Like my crown is more straight than your soffit is. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, like, so you get into this whole clash back and forth with the new owners and the trades and whatnot, but ultimately it's because they ended up using subpar labor.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Didn't really know what to do because they had to fix a financial issue And which just compounds and leads down the way, right? So if you couldn't fix it before, how are you going to fix it after around (laughs) a bunch of finished material? I'm not real sure how that works, but you know, it is what it is. So I've seen it. That's a really good example. Um, A lot of times they use, you know, what we've had to do before, what we respect for a certain product to your point, finish wise, whether it was a three quarter inch plywood box or whatever, and now they're going, okay, well, how much would I save if I went to a five eighths? inch particle box, which is totally the standard, mm-hmm. but it's not as good as material as a three quarter plywood because they can save a thousand dollars a unit. You know what I mean? And it's like you start off with these ideas of grandeur and I want to do this and here's my budget. Well, it keeps getting needled down as they screw up or whatever happens or costs of materials go up, cost of labor goes up. Okay. Well, how do I get with the look, but for way less now? Yeah. And so you start dealing with that. You eliminate drawer banks because drawer banks are more expensive than a regular cabinet, you know, all those kind of things. And then as you get further down, you get into the flooring side, which is like, should be, should be mm-hmm. one of the very last things you do and specs start changing. So let's take a multifamily building instead of having a whole downstairs floor of tile.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're like, well, tell you what, let's do the entry in the lobby and tile and let's do the rest in carpet. You know what I mean? Because yeah. carpet is one eighth the cost, let's say of all the hard surface. And it's faster, you, you know, quicker install, all that kind of stuff or whatever. And if you have to replace it, it's way cheaper. But so you start seeing a lot of that happen. On the other side, you get into situations where we don't do this. I, I personally won't do this. So um, I'd rather walk off a job or just not get a job. Hmm. But there's other guys that say like, okay, let's say um, they supply a, a product and it's $55,000 for whatever they got to do. Hmm. We're like, well, we can't pay you 55. We're going to pay 50. Now where I'm going to stay there is I'm going to say, look, you know, maybe I can get 54 or 53 whatever it is by taking out some of what I can do. Mm-hmm. But they're like, no, it has to be 50. It has to be 50. I'm like, well, I can't do it. Yeah. Like, like I need to pay my guys what they need to make and you know, they're worth it and everything else. But a lot of people will be like, all right, fine. And they'll just take the number and then go find a trade that will take the money to do that.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: you usually end up working with people you don't know or now you're not willing to pay a guy the right wage and you know, and, and you can, You can vacillate on what the right wage is. Like some people have a different mindset about that. Uh, But I'll tell you what's happening: the owner that's supplying the trade work isn't taking a hit. He's usually giving the hit to his workers, Mm -hmm. and so that builds disdain. Yeah, you know the guys go in there and instead of making the cut like it should be cut, maybe it's you know maybe they leave it an eighth inch bigger than it should be. You know, or maybe they're supplying the materials instead of going with the premium shelf stuff, they go with the not so premium shelf stuff. And would there really be an issue? I don't know, but we know it's not as good as it could be, or yeah. probably was priced out to be and expected to be. Yeah. Um, so you start looking at things like that and, you know, you can really degrade a project. Now that doesn't mean it's always going to be bad. I mean, that doesn't mean the, the everything's going to fall off and come on, you know, whatever, but it's kind of about the principle. think right now the other side could look at you and say well shouldn't you just price it out that way anyway if nothing's gonna i'm like yeah but then they're gonna come back and ask for more anyway (laughs) like it's kind of how it goes no matter how you do this you know what i mean um so but i have seen you see it all the time i mean it happens all the time in all trades in all trades and especially given the current market environment right now where you can't get some materials because Mm -hmm. they're sitting on the you know boats out in all the ports right now it literally becomes like, what can you get? That is what all the builders are doing. And I think they're getting like product, whether it's doors, garage doors, base. But I know even in some regards just because of supply where you'd normally have like, let's say a shelf system in a pantry or, or a linen closet Mm -hmm. instead of it being like painted MDF. I mean, it's like painted particle board now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's, and that's not really their fault. It's the only thing they get their hands on to close a house, but you know, Switches like that happen every day and I'm pretty sure they're not giving discounts to buyers. You know oh, what I mean? Like Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean it's just and, kind of the way it is.
1: And last uh I wanna say I wanna say it goes in like a ten year cycle, ten to twenty year cycle where there's this big push of of homes that are going out and like ten to twenty years later there's a whole slew of lawsuits for those homes.
0: Yeah, it's like nine years and change just before ten.
1: So I feel like we're probably going to hit that again in, you know, almost yeah. 10 years from now.
0: I think you're right because it's usually at the end of a run-up. Yeah. Right. So the run-up in this market's been close to 10 at yeah. this point. Right. So you're going to see all that, but you usually get pulled in the class actions and all this kind of stuff. And let me tell you, like from personal experience, having haven't walked in some of these houses that are making the complaints. Yeah. Bro, I don't know how people live this way. Like the ones that are making the complaints are like telling, so I, I can speak from the flooring trade, specifically. Like, oh, the carpet's pulling away from the whatever, it's coming up and blah, blah, blah. And you look at it, dude, it's been soaked and soiled and like never cleaned and all this kind of stuff. And you just want to look at the lawyer that's out there and just be like, you piece of, <laughs> um, that's what they do. And it's just not okay. Uh, but you're right. Those all come up. Yeah um and but the lawsuit probably in this situation will be well hey we expected this and we paid for this even though i think there's going to be disclosures they have to sign when they close the house Mm -hmm. but there will be those those situations
1: well there's also like water intrusion lawsuits where mold is growing because cut corners somewhere of how to flash a window like a lot of that stuff happens
0: yeah and i know out in production right now like there's been a lot of plumbing leaks yeah because not so much because of product, but because there's not, you know, this goes back to other stuff we've talked about. There's not the skilled labor. Yeah. So you got newer guys that are out there doing different things. And these days, everything's those pecs, pecs connections, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. and they're all like, I mean, I've dealt with multiple flooded out homes where we've got to replace a lot of stuff and they're all blowing up these elbows or tees or connections. And it's just, it's basically just somebody doesn't know fully what they're doing. Yeah. You know, got going too fast because there's not enough labor and they got to jump into different houses or just not you know is on the learning curve
1: yeah so what do we do about that about this whole situation how How does this get fixed my my it doesn't, and it,
0: it, it doesn't
1: i i think it does but it has to be someone that does it like an an individual company an individual person that has to do it has to be very successful at it. It has to be open to sharing how they did it. And there's probably people out there already that are doing this very well, but it's just not well known of the system. I think that there has to be a lot of investment in your planning and f- like investing the time and the money up front to pay people well, to get the right team, to understand having all of your decision makers in the room early to say what the budget is, to set expectations, to do all of that early rather than going forward, taking 10 steps back, kind of jerking forward a little bit, diverting to the right, and then throwing whatever cheap labor you can to push it out and finish it.
0: See, see here's the thing. If, you, if we would have had this conversation two years ago, I probably would have been saying the exact same thing you're
1: saying.
0: Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm mean, like, this is how you have to do it. This is how it works. Like, like it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. However, dealing with what I've had to deal with in the past, I'll call it at least a year. I don't, don't want to quite go all the way to the back of COVID, but like, let's call it a year mm-hmm. with the different supply chain shortages, appreciation, cost of land going up, material costs skyrocketing, mm-hmm. you know, shortage and late, you know, whether it's manufactured or not shortage and labor. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things you can't plan for so i would tell you you probably could have had the best laid plan and it just got shot to crap and there's and there's no way now i think this is a bit extreme yeah um and i think this is certainly an outlier of sorts uh may not be if we continue this route to communism okay i drop that <laughs> <Jeez>. um <laughs> of that discussion but um but ultimately i know socialist first then communist but whatever the um no. okay. ultimately ultimately <laughs> You can't plan for this. And so there's only two things I can give right now, right? Mm -hmm. Either the cost of materials and labor comes down, which is impossible because the supply and demand doesn't support that, right? Basic economics. The second part is the land sellers. So the land sellers would then have to come back and be like, you know, we'll go ahead and take a haircut to allow you to keep building. Mm -hmm. Well, there's only one precious resource that we occupy in this world that God is no longer making any more of, and that's land. Mm Mm-hmm as we continue to buy it and, and soak it up and, and, and produce on it, inevitably the supply of it goes down. And so the guys that are going to have to let go of that, I, I don't see them making some kind of deal where they hold the hottest commodity there is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I don't, I, I think there's certain economics that come into play that don't actually allow a lot of that. Now I'll go back to what you're saying, because like I said, two years ago, I would have agreed with you. I'd prefer they do what we're, what we are on the same page on for the vast majority.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think there's enough of that. I still think their departments from what I see on the outside are too fractured from land to purchasing to construction and, and, and everything swelled back in between. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's enough coordination there to make that happen or I'm sorry. I don't think there's enough coordination there to stop this from happening. Yeah. And I think it does. I think it has to be a private company to be honest with you that starts it that's small enough that has enough hands into it. I think usually they are pretty involved mm-hmm. when you start getting into public money, and I mean, yeah. it just pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes. And it's literally just get the money and pump it in and get it out. Um, and, and I would argue with you, it's not necessarily a, a profitability play. It's a revenue play. Mm-hmm. So there's a big difference. And as I've learned over the last few years, especially with those big publics, which they're all kind of conglomerates at this point. That's why I know it's got to dissolve mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Yeah. There's this huge run up and they all know a cliff's coming. Mm-hmm. They don't know when. And so I think we talked about a couple episodes was you can't be the guy that's running around calling, you know, like chicken little, you're going to get axed and they're going to put somebody else in there that wants you to be the puppet that just keeps buying and pushing until at some point it drops off. Cause then they'll take their impairments and, you know, tax write-offs and all these other kind of things and not be hurt as bad as like we talked about the rest of the trades. Yeah. So they, they're not dumb, you know, but I think, I think you can make it better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I think there are certain times, especially when it just gets into the final stages, call it the last 20% of a run-up where I mean it's a free-for-all to a certain degree it's just get as much built as you can so we can get as much money out of this as possible um, while we still can does this is, dude, this industry how many times have you heard it? it's cyclical
1: it shouldn't be though and i don't think it needs to it's uh ugh, whatever i'm not
0: sure <laughs> I, yeah, like i like i'm i mean right usually i was pretty sure on this stuff before with you it's like you know I I would normally be on the page that you're on having run businesses and and having to, you know, deal with business plans and projections and costs and all these things that are involved labor in two different ways. Right.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I I have the ideal that if I can identify what the end game is and who the players are on the field that I can put together a pretty damn good solution. Like I really feel that way and I'm integrated with the teams. But right now, when I have a vendor every day calling me and saying, Hey, your costs are going up, hey, your costs are going up, hey, your costs are going up. I'm like, Your guys' service is shit. Why would I pay you more right now?
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: don't have a choice unless we decided to stop, which some builders did. Yeah. They just stopped. So maybe that's an answer too, right? Yeah. But those were private money builders as well.
1: Yeah. I think the private money is a big issue in the industry as well. But we'll have to get to that some other time. Yeah. But thank you for jumping on, Jason. Thank you to the listeners for listening. And we'll talk again on Thursday. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Spaces is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. If you enjoy our show... You can support us in three simple ways, for free. You can leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app if it allows you to. Tell a friend and follow us on social media. Thanks for spending time with us. Talk soon.